is RebelNet Radio with your host T.E. Parker and Joe Spilatro. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of what RebelNet the hell was Radio. That? that was the world-famous Jackson State Marching Band, who is going to be in town next week. UNLV fans will have two opportunities to see them as they dominate before... UNLV football dominates their football team on the field. It better be. We need a good home opener, don't we? It will be. Thursday night, September 1st, we are pretty much one week away from it right yeah. now. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It is. I'm kind of feeling, feeling the football vibe it's this year. It's been such a weird, weird UNLV athletics offseason. Um, not not a lot of hype with recruiting and basketball. Not a lot of hype towards the program in itself. It's just kind of been pretty dormant, and f- there's been more hype with football. And even then, even when there is hype with football in this town, it's usually not super loud. No, it's pretty and, tepid. Yeah, it's pretty tepid, and and that's what it's been. So it's been kind of like a vacation, really, from from UNLV. And here we go. Yeah, I I'm excited. Uh, UNLV looks to potentially be on the verge of a breakout this year. Um you know, when you win two two games a year, yeah, and, you're always yeah, on yeah. the verge of a breakout. Let's be honest. Um but when it never happens, uh then <laughs> then you just uh give up again midway through the season and say, well, there's always next year. But uh, this year this year definitely feels like there's something else there. Well, you, you know, even last year, uh, Sanchez's first year, we, obviously we didn't end up with the record. How, how many, what was our final record? Three, three wins. Yeah, three wins, which is pretty much a typical UNLV year. But it didn't feel typical in terms of watching the development and some, some of his philosophy. You, you saw... You saw something more, something that you could at least sink your teeth into a little bit. Maybe it's because uh, Coach Sanchez sells so well and he's so fiery and he holds his players accountable. And you just saw some different things out there. They were far from perfect and far from pretty, but they did a lot of good things. And they they, they gave UNLV fans, I think, um, something that they haven't had in quite some time, and that's just a little bit of hope, which is all you can really ask for at this point as a fan because the program's been down for so long. Yeah, generally uh, in the past when, when UNLV's gone on the road, it really hasn't mattered which coach was a part of the program. UNLV just got dismantled. And uh, last year, UNLV against the other middle-of-the-pack Mountain West teams on the road, Colorado State, Wyoming, Fresno State, uh, those teams, UNLV actually was either in the game or or ready to win the game before getting it taken away from them. Uh, So that gives you a lot of hope that even going on the road against Northern Illinois at the beginning of the season – we got blown out by UCLA, but it was closer than what it felt. Right. Uh, we didn't get embarrassed by Michigan. Right. You know? So, I mean, yes, the wins weren't there, but the feeling that the team could compete was there. Right? Yeah, I felt that way. And plus, I mean, I didn't have any expectations in terms of these great win totals or anything like that. I was just looking like I think most people should have been for just a change, just a total change in direction. Right. Um, it came with the same record, but you, you saw something different, and and it was nice. And then you see Sanchez and, and how hard 
these guys recruit and just um, they they put everything they have into this, and and that's nice to see. And and, and it, remember, we were. We were playing with our second-string quarterback yeah. all season, yeah. too. San Jose State game should have won that one. Yeah, that was another uh, one. Yeah. It was one of those seasons where, even though the wins weren't there, you really were like, eh, this team could play a little bit. Yeah, and as long as – I mean, it, it's sad when you're at the point where um, your next building block is basically staying in games and competing against teams that are better than you. As opposed to winning, because most fans aren't patient enough to sit around and wait for that. But um, I know I was, and and just like you said, not getting blown out and actually looking like you belong on the same football mm-hmm. field mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. Because there's been many times De- depth was more of a factor sure. last year than any other. Yeah, like than the, any other thing you can and, point and you, to. You saw it especially against a, uh, a team like Northern Illinois for sure. We were handling them right. Until that third quarter, and then they scored a touchdown on every possession for the rest of the game. And even Michigan, not that we expected to beat Michigan or UCLA, but UNLV really battled in those first halves. And and I wouldn't say the games weren't over, but they were still still respectable before they completely, you know, they they lost it and and just the depth isn't there. And and that's a huge difference between mid-major type. Uh, Conferences and the big conferences is is depth. I mean, you just you you get no rest, you get no, you just don't have it. And and it seems like that's one area where uh, Sanchez really uh, bolstered the Rebels. And I think that's why we'll start to see more success. Well, and with that depth and and added playmakers and and a little bit more talent all across the board comes a greater chance of being able to withstand what other teams throw at you. Right. You know, in the past when we've gotten hit by the haymaker, we just fold. Oh, absolutely. Last year we didn't fold, but it it took three or four haymakers before we we hit Mm -hmm. the canvas. Um, And it it usually came in the fourth quarter. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at games that UNLV was right in at the very end. Fresno State lost 31-28. That was a game UNLV should have won. Uh, right at San Jose State, losing thirty three twenty seven. That was overtime, wasn't it? I no, it I, wasn't overtime, it, but they scored right right at the very yeah. end of the game. Um, Wyoming thirty five twenty eight on the road. They kept us awake in the second half. We didn't. I didn't see you doze off in the second half. And, and that in itself, oh, man, yeah. is an accomplishment. I think you were even when, when with Hauk in his. Year before his final year, wasn't he seven and five? He was seven. And five. I think you were even dozing in second half. To second, some of those second games. quarters, second I think. quarters, yeah. So, yeah, that's why it, it just had a different feel, and and you're eager to see the changes. And I don't know, it just seemed like there was a little bit more pride there. Uh, Sanchez is able to keep, keep able to keep their focus, which is difficult mm-hmm. when you lose, mm-hmm. and when you're you're at a losing program that consistently loses. You don't have a ton of fan support, university support. You're pretty much you're fighting for yourself. And Sanchez seems to be able to um, get that out of the guys. He, he, he definitely pushes the buttons. Yeah, he does. He, he, he does. He's good he at that. Definitely has a uh, good knack for being that head coach that can get uh, the most out of his players and, and uh, have them prepared and ready to play. Uh, now for the bad news, and, and we we talked about this during the last podcast uh, almost two weeks ago, was the fact that. No one's really pulled away in the quarterback battle. Uh, 
Right. And uh, they had their, their last scrimmage this past Friday. Three turnovers in the red zone. Mm-hmm. All by three and, different quarterbacks. Yeah. And it just it just is unacceptable. And it, if that's where we're at with all three of them, it's going to be hard uh, to put this defense in a position to try and win games. I don't know if they're there yet in year two of Sanchez where we could just say defense go win. I know he's kind of hinting at that. We just want someone that's going to come in and uh, not make mistakes. But you, you need a playmaker out there. Well, I it's going to be interesting because obviously you're not going to open up everything against Jackson State either unless hopefully you don't have to. No, Jackson State's going to be a, a wash. Right, right. So, But it'll be interesting to see how they play because, I mean, we, we, we have a sampling with Palandek, and he made some great plays with his legs last year. And, um, you know, he, he completed some tough passes, but he also, man, the, the red zone turnovers and just the turnovers in general, they can't happen. Like you said, this the defense isn't going to be anywhere near where – Sanchez wants it to be as a final product, so they're they're not going to stand out there on their own and win ball games for them. Uh, offenses got to get some some sustained drives, and they've got to take advantage when they get into the red zone. Um, the turnovers that you're talking about, yeah, um, it, they just can't happen. No, it, it's going to be a disaster if if UNLV is able to move down the field and and then uh, finds itself turning the ball over. Um, that's just a no-win situation in good teams in can't get away with that. Let away teams that are trying to build something. Correct. Um, taking a look at Jackson State coming in here next weekend. They're coming from the Southwest Athletic Conference. Um, assistant coach Tony Hughes has taken over for a longtime head coach. They went three and eight last year, three and six in the SWAC, and they got a couple playmakers. Uh, they brought in a, a recruiting, recruiting class of over thirty people. Oh wow! So pretty much half their team is yeah. brand new to the program, which is absolutely rough to uh-huh. try and get everybody ready for an early September first game. Uh, do have a, a veteran quarterback. His name is Lamontez Ivy. Uh, nice wide receiver. Daniel Williams caught 54 passes last year, and uh, an all swack defensive end linebacker, Javonsi Jones. So he had 25 and a half tackles for losses last year. This is a team that that'll have some talent, but we should be able to do to them what other teams have done to us. Yeah. Wear them down a little bit and then take over. Well, you know, it's it's not uh, a battle. It's not a battle of the band. No, right? no, no. I know that, and I just want to see them get off to a quick start, take control, and sort of you know keep their distance um, and build upon that because we're going to see both quarterbacks play. We know that mm-hmm. uh, Sanchez has already said as much. Um, we don't know who's going to start or. The starter will get most of the reps, I'm sure, and but we we need to see that that position needs to play out, and we need to figure out who we're going to go with, and hopefully um, that comes clear after the first game. Um, also, I mean, I'm looking for something I'm really looking forward to is some more um, pressure from the edges, mm-hmm. getting to the quarterback. Um, Got to do it. 
I mean, last year UNLV was horrible with sacks. Um, I'm sure that will go up just almost by default because there were so few last year. Absolutely. But, um, you know, the cornerbacks, we were talking about this earlier, they, they played pretty well last year for UNLV, all things considered. Can, I mean, if you don't pressure the quarterback and quarterbacks got all day to throw, corners are out there on an island. They could only cover for so long, but they, they did a pretty good job overall last year. I want to see how good they are. Even if you could get a mediocre pass rush, it doesn't have to be stellar to where you know you're you're getting six seven sacks a game. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. just some pressure, some hurries. Now let's see how those those DBs react in those. Can we force more turnovers just based on that? Not even with sacks, but can can we force the hurries? And are these guys really as good as what we thought they may be last year when they had to hey, cover forever? I, I... I have no complaints about how the cornerbacks played last year. I thought they went out there and and they they actually played even though they were young. They played with a nice little swagger mm-hmm. uh, that we hadn't seen for a little while. Uh, talking about Tim Hawk for sure. He he was right. he was awesome. Um, Tory McTire uh, was was the other really good cornerback last year. And, and looking at the offense, Joe, you may not even realize this, but UNLV finished fourth in total offense last year per game yards in the Mountain West. That's, that's a bit surprising. That's with that's a bit surprising. Basically, a second string quarterback that struggled to throw the ball all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see what Lexington Thomas can do yeah. this year. Uh, I, I was really happy to see he was put on the list of the top Texas college football players in the country. Um, There's about six Heisman Trophy candidates on that list, so I don't think he has a chance to win the award. Uh, But for him to to be mentioned was definitely uh, getting the name out there and uh, representing UNLV. Game time next Thursday night is 7 o'clock. I, I do believe it, well, it's going to be broadcast on the Mountain West network on the computer. What, what's your gut say is going to be the starting quarterback? Is it going to be Stanton just to just I, to have Stanton out I, there? I think it. I think it will be Stanton. I just think um, there's a reason he Give brought him, him a in, shot. even though he may not have been performing as well as he'd hoped. I think that he's going to try to give him that shot of confidence. Uh, right out of the gate and cross his fingers because, you know, I don't know how fragile this kid is, you know, as well as I do. Some kids can be broken really easily. Some are tough as nails mentally. Um, well, and Palandek's already proven that he can come off the bench and be fine. It, right. And I, I think I think it's the safe play. It's the confidence play for Stanton. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I, yeah, that's, that's my guess. My, I, I was going to ask you, what are you – first, I want to know, what do you think the spread's going to be? Have you seen any unofficial spreads? I haven't or seen the spread yet. I'm going to say 20, 22 to 24 points. Uh, I, I think this is a game that UNLV wins handily, somewhere in the 60s, 63 to 7 range, 63 to 14, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sanchez will have him ready to go. The the real the real deal is the next two weeks coming up. When when UNLV goes on the road at UCLA and at Central Michigan, you don't have to win the UCLA game, uh, but go in there and gain some confidence. Don't get just completely blown out. And then I, I think the Central Michigan game is is one of the premier games of the year in terms of uh, seeing if UNLV's actually turned the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, there 
very, very similar teams in terms of talent, depth, all that, all that stuff, and uh, going on the road, playing early in the morning, and uh, seeing seeing what they got, and then they come back for Idaho should be a winnable game, Fresno State a winnable game, and then uh, go on the road to San Diego State should be a whooping. Mm-hmm. But, but you, you never but know if you get, if you get a bunch gates, of confidence. Yeah. yeah, if you get out of the gates with a with a three and one record, it, four and one, four it, and two. If you and at least four and one going into that game, it yeah. actually turns into a pretty big game, right? For the Mountain West uh, South Division, what is it? The Mountain West West Division, excuse me. Mountain West West. Yeah, Mountain West West Division, not the Mountain, but the West. So, you know, it, it's a it's a good starting point. Fresno. I'm not buying Fresno at all, so we'll we'll see what happens in that first game. Getting them at home, especially after right. last year's debacle up there in Fresno, where UNLV had the game <sighs> won and uh, just blew it late. Yeah, it seems it seems to be the story a lot of times with UNLV. Anytime there's a, a close game, it seems UNLV comes up short. I, I we just don't end up on the right end of many of those games. We're going to miss our punter from last year. Yeah. Yonker. Yeah, he was so good. Yeah. He was so good. And mm-hmm. it, he actually well, was, was a, a field big when, factor yeah, yeah. in us being as competitive as we were because opposing offenses had to generally go a, a oh. much longer distance than uh, we'll see what happens this year. This year's punter is going to be Thomas Manning. Uh, he's going to have some big shoes to fill. We do have... Nikolai Bor- Bornin back as the uh, place kicker, who was pretty solid last year. He's a senior. I I like I like the team. I'm just so could if Stanton or or I don't even care or Sneed or Palandek had been tearing up the. Uh, practices leading up mm-hmm. to this game, I'd be a lot more excited about the potential of this team. But we'll see. I I, I think the defense is going to be much improved. I think uh, Sanchez has something up his sleeve. These wideouts are fantastic. If we can get them the ball, they can make some plays happen. Well, let's, let's uh, what, what are you thinking? Give me the score. I, I said well, you said the spread sixty three fourteen. You really think UNLV is going to put up that many sixty three fourteen? That's that's the final score to me. What do you got? Forty two seventeen. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of points. Yeah, that's but, a lot of points. That's more than our basketball team is going to average. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Our basketball team is going to be in the about the fifty five fifty seven range. Yeah, a game, not a half, a game. It's going to be brutal. But we do have some basketball to talk about here. Yes. Uh, UNLV went and uh, played three games in the Bahamas. First game getting tripped up by the University of Toronto. Uh, Apparently, nobody saw this, by the way, except for six fans that actually took the trip. That's what it looked like. It looked like when they took uh, snapshots, it looked like six, maybe eight fans. Didn't look too heavily attended. I don't think UNLV had a home court advantage there. Or How strong was the Rebel chant, do you think? I don't know. We didn't even get radio. <laughs> so <laughs> so he, here's the thing. UNLV loses that opener 
uh, misses what five foul shots in oh, in the last it, twenty it, seconds. It, it was it was an ugly ending. I think they moved, missed four free throws in the last fifteen seconds. All poison, right? No, it was split. Um, I think the kid from um, I know Poiser missed the last two. Poiser missed two, but uh, the kid from San Francisco, I believe, missed two. And then I think UNLV, you know, a minute before that, missed two also. And then we fouled with .5 seconds left. Yeah, they were up by 10 late. On a three-point shot. And folded it. Kind of the way UNLV's lost a lot of games in the past, over the past couple years where they're leading. Um, And just kind of fall apart and don't execute where you only need one play to win the game and you don't make it. Um, Foul a three-point shooter. With zero point five left on the clock, and you drop the game. It Dude happens. Kelly in the house. Yeah, it, it it happens. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's an exhibition. It doesn't really matter. Dwayne Morgan wasn't there. An entirely new team. Jalen Poyser playing um, a lot of minutes at the point guard, a position that um, I know they'd love love to transition him into, but one that he's obviously not completely comfortable with, and I don't know um, that he ever will be. My personal belief is he. The kid's a scoring guard through and through. He's absolutely. He's got as much point guard in him as as Paul Bunyan. It's just, oh, it's I, Paul I don't know. It's the first name that came to my what mind. I don't know why, but I'm. He's. I just don't see him as being a point guard. But you know, um, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I, you know, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot to take from this. First of all, we couldn't see it, so we don't know how they looked. I mean, all we could do is look at stats, and it, what jumps out at you is Chris Jones. Mm hmm. He jumps and out. And Chris Clyburn. And Clyburn, yeah. Clyburn rebounded the ball well. He he, he scored 21 points in that second mm-hmm. game when UNLV, UNLV really needed a lift. He uh, he led all five scorers in double figures with Clyburn with 21, Christian Jones 16 and 14 rebounds, mm-hmm. Jalen Poyser with 17, Tyrell Green with 14, and Uchi Afugbu yeah. with 12. Uh, I think he's going to be a big contributor for UNLV. Now, here's what really concerned me after the second game. UNLV, 29 turnovers. Oh, the turnovers were absolutely ridiculous. If you're you're turning the ball over 29 times against CTG Knights. What does CTG stand for? I I don't know. You tell me. I have no clue. I I believe they're from the Bahamas. Okay. So UNLV gets a 21-point win in that game. Uh, then they they roll out for the third game, and all of a sudden, UNLV looks like a squad full of Steph Curry's because they couldn't miss from three. Mm. And uh, Jalen Poyser led the way with that game with twenty eight points, five of ten from the three point line. Pretty solid night. He had five assists in that game, only two turnovers. Of course, we don't know what the competition was. Uh, but they did end up shooting 14 of 31 from the three-point line in that game. I don't think this so, team is a three-point so, shooting so what did this mecca. Re- but the, well, what did this tournament reveal to us on the surface? Uh, we could turn it over a lot or we could turn it over very little. We could shoot it well or we can't shoot it well. We could rebound well or we might not rebound well. I, it, it told us nothing. I, I'm sure the coaching staff got what they wanted out of it. In terms of the who bonding can, of the team yeah, is that, probably the biggest aspect. Uh, well, of this I do. I also trip. think they wanted to put uh, Poiser in certain positions to see how he could run the offense and his decision making and vision and things of that nature. And um, 
you know, which guys had a good feel for the offensive and defensive um, schemes that they were putting out there. So, I mean, it's that's where the importance comes. It's not really did you win, did you lose. And for us fans, I mean, there's just nothing to sink your teeth into, good or bad, really, from this whole thing. Yeah, you expect to win all three games because it's inferior competition. They let one slip away that they were up double digits late. You know, whatever. It doesn't mean we're going to have a bad season. doesn't mean we're going to have a great season. I just don't know. Um, that it wasn't televised or streamed is kind of aggravating, to tell you the truth. Well, it's, I, kind of, it's kind of telling yeah, about it is. where the program is right uh, now. I, I think so, too. I think, I think it's— Don't ask, don't tell. Don't yeah, see, it's, don't, it's, it's, don't hear. I think so. I do think a message was sent. Um, let us get through this first season. Yeah, let's not have expectations be too high. It's going to be a struggle. We're putting things together. Um, Freshman out of... Uh, in fact, I, I I won't be surprised if... if I, I don't know this yet. I wouldn't be surprised if first look is about as unheralded as it could possibly be. I guarantee it is uh, not going to be They may give out prizes... No, I don't. I don't think they're going to do anything like we've seen uh, in what two races, five years. I think there was one downtown, and then there was one. Um, well, both of them were downtown. The slam dunk with with. We're Derek. not doing Derek Jones this year. No, no. So I think will you know they'll, they'll actually give with out prizes 17 to season ticket holders if they have proof that they stayed home. I just don't think that they want anybody to see a lot of this team early on. And get Which any, is fine. any false hopes. I understand it. I don't like it because it's the flagship program and it should. But I, I, I understand where people are coming from if that is indeed what they are doing. Because this program has been hampered, I'd say, in the past by expectations, by, by expectations sure. that the fans have that are far greater than what the team can produce or should have produced. I mean, there are times when the expectations have been online and the team has not produced to the to the level that they should have. Right. There's no question but, about but, that. It's just uh, all undue pressure. Unfortunately, I guess. expectations have always been built by press clippings and, and preseason. And, yeah, and, all the preseason hype and clips and, and rankings, rivals or rivals rankings and those types of things. These kids all come in with five stars, four stars. Right. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But but when you look at the football marketing, they're doing it the exact opposite way. They're getting it out there, and they're pumping everything they can, even though it may be a sub-500 year. They don't care. They, they're continuing to pump it as much as they can. Football. Which I think is the right move right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think um, you you need to sell it. You need, you need the fans to buy in. You need to excite them as much as possible. But it's it's ironic that the program that has no success is going historically. crazy historically is going crazy trying to get people pumped up. And the program that's the flagship, the one that everybody you know depends all their hopes on and everything, is the one where everybody is being kept hush hush. And again, I I I, I do understand it. I. Just hope our fans do. And, um, you know, it's going to be rough, T, because if this team does struggle early, and I expect they will, especially in the non-conference, I just don't know how this fan base is going to handle it. I really don't. Hmm. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure either. Are they all going to abandon ship? Are they going to no, try I, and I, find I, positives? I don't know. I don't know if they'll, they'll look for silver linings or whether they'll just go into an immediate stage of apathy um, you know, because UNLV plays Oregon, they play Kansas, they play Duke. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's pretty reasonable to expect three 20 point losses, 15 to 20 point yeah. losses, 20 plus. Sure. Um, 
I, I just think that in itself is just like to fans, that's 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 going to be tough to swallow, and it's going to be tough to get pumped up for conference season. But um, I think it was it, it was pretty telling the other day whenever uh, CBS Sportsline put out some Mountain West preview stuff for the for the upcoming college basketball season. They ra- they ranked the top ten freshmen, not one UNLV player. Mm-hmm. They were the ranked the top ten stars in the league, not one UNLV mm-hmm. player. Well, and people are going to hang their hats on. Well, we littered those lists before, and look. It did sure. us no good. Absolutely. We finished sixth, seventh in conference or below 500 in conference. So maybe this time it'll be different and we'll develop the play. We'll get players to stay for four years and they'll, they'll develop and we'll have something. And I could understand that. That's, that's a hopeful outlook and that's what I'm hoping for because. Um, but then you can't jump off the uh, bridge too soon in December. No, you can't. But you've been here now in Las Vegas for what, 12 years, 14, 14 years. years. You've gotten to know our fan base as well as I have. What do you foresee, honestly? I, I see an absolute nothing crowd booing, I yelling at not. yelling at the uh, yelling at the roster. You remember that, yeah, in, in those do. spoon year or that first Kruger year? Mm-hmm. I believe it was Kruger year, first Kruger year, and. You could hear fans yelling at the players and players looking up the fans yes. because well, that's happened several times. That's what I remember is that year. That uh, that was I, I remember that with Kruger. I remember I think that was the Cal Santa Barbara game where I really remember that where we folded the game late and Santa Barbara started to take the lead. They went to a zone too. I and remember in that game. And that an that was and that was like Kevin's first game. Yes. Because I remember Kevin looking up at the crowd. That was so. That was Kruger's third year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was Kevin's first game, and obviously, we all thought the season was. We thought Kevin was going to be saver, and here we go. We lose to Santa Barbara at the MAC. We get blown out. They play a zone. We have no idea how to attack it. Right. And so I know a lot of us probably said, "Ah, well, here's another year," and, and ended up being a Sweet Sixteen year. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you never know how things are going to develop. And the and the MAC was packed. By yeah. the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. was sold out we were, for that Wyoming game. For the Wyoming game. Air we played Force. Air Force because Air Force was ranked. That's when Air yep. Force was on they their... They were ranked like their, 23rd, and we yeah. just absolutely obliterated them. San Diego State was becoming a, a solid team, a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Um, BYU was... Oh, yeah, BYU, B- BYU was BYU, and uh, New Mexico was still Richie's New Mexico, so they didn't really... No, they didn't matter. They didn't... Um, I'm just scared. I, I, I am I'm really, I, I, I'm really, afraid. really it's... scared. And boy, we'll see. I, I, I can't say anything good. I can't. I don't want to say anything bad. Right. So it's 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 wait and see. But I really, honestly believe. T, if if I look back at um, you know, I've been following the program about as closely as anybody could since you know eighty five, eighty six. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak to seasons before then, but I really think that this season is going to most closely resemble Bano's first year. That's fair. But Bano's first year had some some definite ups. It did? Yeah. Well, I can't remember them. (laughs) 
uh, was his first year when we beat Michigan? Yes. We did beat Michigan yes. his first year. Okay. Well, yeah, that was enough. I don't think we'll beat any of the ranked teams on I this year's schedule. I think we only won eight games that year. Though. I think we were 10 and 16. 10? 10 and 16 or 12 and 16. Maybe it was 12 and 16. I think Gerg the year before was 10 and 16 because we couldn't play any um, non-conference home games, which is brutal. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. <laughs> no TV. No non-conference home games. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, UNLV had a stretch there, the worst stretch in UNLV history, probably, I'm assuming so, where we won 20 games over two years, I believe. And, uh, I, I mean, Warren, I, Warren was a big part of Bano's first year, right? No, I think Warren came second a year? second or third. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, that, that first team was, I mean, we'd have to look at the roster. I think that was the Eddie Corbett. Yeah, Corbett was definitely on that team. Um and Who were some of the guards on that team? I, I think, How the hell did we beat Michigan? He had Sunshine. Sunshine, that's, that's and true. And Sunshine was a, was a solid Sunshine. player. But I think, I'm not sure who was our point guard was. Chance Davis, maybe? I think so. Um, backing him up might have been. Who's now the coach at Southwestern? I'm not even sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I think the other uh, guard might have been Kevin James. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> it was a team that... that Definitely. I mean, it just it just wasn't a good team. I mean, sometimes that happens because of situations and turnover and new coach taking over, and, and that's exactly what Where happened. Where you gut the program and you yeah. have to hit the reset and, button. And, and, and once you gut the program, um, you're not going to bounce forward. What, what really sucks is we've gutted the program the last three years. Yeah, but this gutting... It's what, completely different. I yeah, understand. The, other, the gut, other one was reloading. Yeah. The, gutting to reload. The other guttings, we could still beat nationally ranked teams. This 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 was a gutting and a bloodletting. I mean, this was this is let's flatten it and turn it into a parking lot and start all over. And with that, I think fans absolutely have to be patient. And I just don't think they will. I just don't see it in this fan base. I, I don't think it'll. We'll see. I don't think it'll be poisonous. We'll see. I think it'll be apathetic, and then I think that apathy, then people get sick of apathy, and that's when it turns to poison. If it doesn't turn around in year two, I, and that's I, unfair. I just don't want it to turn to anger this year. No, it can't. That's so unfair. I don't. It shouldn't turn to anger. Uh, period. But you, you've seen it. I well, mean, put it this way: Did you? Fans were already sick of Kruger after year two. Mm-hmm. It was two NITs in a row, two 17-win seasons or 18, whatever it was. It was two NITs and, and with, with pretty talented squads. I'm not saying they were great squads, but they were talented enough to finish higher than fifth in the Mountain West. Yeah. And so people were starting to rumble a little bit about Kruger, and then he threw a Sweet 16 at us, and that shut everybody up. Yes. And, and delivered a pretty solid recruiting class after that. Yeah, he did. That didn't pan out. It didn't pan out. I mean, but it was that was you talking Trayvon and, and and Lamar Roberson and Tree and Jasper and mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it ended up being a on paper it was a great class and it kind of Heck fizzled yeah. uh, relatively quickly for numerous reasons, each one different, completely, you, different. you know, but. I don't know, and I, I kind of see. I, I mean, I see the discussions on the board. People are talking about wins. And I know a lot of people want to be optimistic, and a lot of people want to be overly pessimistic at the same time. That's just the nature of, of our fan base. That there, there is no gray. It's black or white. Um, I still want to see this team um, 
go at it and see how they develop. Get Dwayne back. Uh, he's he's doing well. It'll be interesting, and we, we still we still have an eligibility issue that we're dealing with with um, Chikna uh, Dembele, so we need to get him eligible. He didn't play at all. Yeah, if if we're planning on playing a Fugbu at the four all season at six foot four, we got some serious mm-hmm. issues. Yeah, you're just you're, you're yeah. and, and Christian Joes is what six six seven, seven at center. Um, yeah, we we would be in some major trouble. Yeah, no question about it. Um, we need we need some size. Uh, even even I don't know how good he's going to be, and uh, you worry about how much time he's lost. I'm sure he's been able. I'm assuming he's been practicing with the team, Dembele. Yeah, he's just waiting I, I on that. So. He, he's just waiting on clear. I don't know if you. I do not know if you could practice. You're a non-scholarship player. I'm not. Sure. I don't think so. I don't think well, Anthony don't think Bennett went through the same thing. Um, and this this typically happens. It it, it doesn't mean there's a red flag. I no, know, there's I a red flag. I I, no. I I talk to people close to the program, and there's a red flag. I mean. The team played three games all season. Okay, the team, but was there a school? No. And did he get the grades? There was no school there. So we'll see. Okay. Did he have the grades beforehand? Well, a lot of times. Potentially. Well, well, what I'm trying to get a point across the point was was <laughs> with like somebody like Anthony Bennett. When you take a freshman that that has um, a lot of their high school or any other high school work done in a foreign country, there's automatically. A process that plays out that is right. much, much more difficult than if they're USA. Which, which credits transfer? Which ones count? How were they scored? And foreign players that completed any high school across borders, it it's just more difficult. My hope with Dembele is he he came from a very well-off family, mm-hmm. so my hope is that he had graduated high school before he went to prep school right. at uh, Scotland Sports Institute. So, I mean, I I would assume that he is going to be fully eligible. Sure, it's just taking time. I, I I mean, when people hear that a kid's not eligible yet, they automatically assume, oh, his test scores were were fixed. Yeah, the school wasn't gotta, legitimate, and that, it, it. this does not mean any of that. No, it, it happens with a lot of the foreign players. I, although it didn't happen with Poiser, he finished his senior year in Canada, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Jalen was good to go. Yeah, but. UNLV had a pretty good relationship with yeah, I think they with were that group, yeah, I, I, and uh, I think they had already worked through the kinks yeah, and, beforehand, and, ex- yeah. and knew what to expect from the NCAA beforehand. Yeah, uh, so I'm sure that helped. You kind of work this hand, kid in coming hand in from hand a, from a completely different continent, um, where where like you said, the the classes and core classes yeah. are completely different. Is got to be a challenge for the NCAA to yeah. be able to look at that and say okay is that quali- is that a quality class in terms of getting into a, an NCAA university yeah. i don't know so but uh, i think they need him i don't know if he's the type of kid that is going to be as a freshman the other freshman came from IMG and IMG's had plenty of mm. plenty of kids go to the uh, NCAA ranks in, in football basketball whatever baseball uh, so he, I'm, I'm sure he was fine. Right. Um, so we'll see. They, they need it though. They need some size. If he is not eligible, UNLV is in a world of hurt, folks. World of hurt. He's got to play some, right? Yeah, you just got to hope Jones could go 38 minutes and not get in a foul trouble. Holy shit balls! I mean, and, and, and Dwayne Morgan will play the four and bang and instead of. <laughs> Tossing up three pointers and, and play thirty five minutes. Yeah, 
<laughs> he, Dwayne can't play 35 minutes without oh fouling my out. Gosh. I don't think that's in his. I, I just. Whew, it's asking a lot. Maybe. Hopefully, hopefully. I, I, I didn't want the Washington State kid that ended up going to uh, San Diego State at all. Who, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But a, a Sunni. Yeah, or, I know which one you're talking about. Whatever. Uh, but now. Yeah. It's like, ugh. You, you, want, a warm, you want a warm body size. that could eat up 15, 20 minutes, rebound, right. and defend decently. That's all. I mean, that becomes a valuable asset when you have no size and depth is a little bit thin. Yes. And there are no surprise surprises up the sleeves. It's not like somebody else is going to be joining the team. Not that I know of. I shouldn't. Got to hold on to the scholarship. What about Brian Glenn? Uh, <laughs> I think he's 28 now. I, I think it was uh, very clear whenever in the in UNLV the, was down to six players no, against in, Air Force and in the very short two sentences CBS Sportsline did on UNLV for the whole Mountain West breakdown. Okay, two sentences. The 2017 recruiting class is the biggest class that UNLV will have coming up. In a long, long time, pretty much says it all. Yeah, they need yeah. to hit some home runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, it, they, it is they what just it can't is. Move I mean, with this UNLV. How many seniors will UNLV have? Uh, None. A Fogbu. Fogbu. Um, but you're still going to have to. You got a point guard coming in in, in Johnson, mm-hmm. which is redshirt. Yeah, yeah, he can play. I've watched him play. He's very good. Um, so he will be a difference maker, but you still got to get some ball. Christian Jones is gone after this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a Fugbo and, and Jones are, are gone. So you, you got to kind of get, you got to get some difference makers. Yeah. And, and, and but, I but, think UNLV just uh, and what a difference, right what do difference makers do to the current, uh, roster? They displace them. Right. Which is fine. Cause you have to, to over recruit when you're at this state. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to. Yeah, otherwise, you, otherwise you're just going to get into that perpetual cycle of mediocrity. Hey, remember, Marvin Menzies didn't get any job offers at New Mexico State and was pretty successful there. Okay, mm-hmm. if he's a complete bum here, complete failure, where does he go? So he, I, he's got to do whatever he's, he's going to. He's going to recruit. He's going to recruit. I think he's going to recruit great. I just think right now, you know, he's just um, going through some really rough waters, and and his job more than anything. I mean, everybody wants to win, 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 and that is always the bottom line. Unfortunately, I think his more important job is just to 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 steady the waters and steer build, the ship build. in the right direction, and then go from there and. The only way that happens is allowed to happen is if the fans have a little bit of patience. Hey. Maybe that should have been our theme song. A little patience? Yeah. Guns and Roses? Or are, yeah. I will say this. The one thing that Dave Rice was unable to do here at UNLV was build. Build a program. And uh, Marvin's got to do that. Or else mm-hmm. he has no shot. It doesn't matter how many great players oh. he brings in here. If he doesn't build the program from the, from the ground up, He's got no shot. Agree. I mean, we need so. three and four year players. 
Um, Rice showed you could get talented players to Las Vegas. Yep. You could get them in here. Um, I think it's time to be a little bit more selective, even if they aren't quite as talented. Um, just to ensure that you could hold on to them for multiple years. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of kids that don't get into trouble, which is hard in a city like Las Vegas. But yeah. you, you, you got, every city's the same. Uh, every city's not the same. Sorry. Every city's got clubs. Every city's got drugs. Every city's got booze. Every city's got girls. Is every city twenty four hours? No. And that forces coaches not to sleep. Right. And you can't. You can't keep an eye. If if you're in Manhattan, Kansas. All right, that's a different city. Well. well uh, L.A. But you're saying every L.A. You're saying every place Let's is the talk same. Let's talk UCLA and U- USC. You're, you're right. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, w- once you have that 24-hour thing there, what, uh, the small campuses towns. are are completely different than this city. Sure. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. And I, th- and, and I think, but any any school sitting in a major city, Miami Hurricanes. Oh, absolutely. They, I agree with you. Le- uh, he went down there and he built one heck of a program right now. That every year they're they just reload. Yeah, I'm just saying it's it's extra challenges is what I'm saying. Yep. Um, and he's got a tough job in front of him. I think he's got as tough as a job as um, anybody. I mean, I don't know that anybody had it tougher than Raleigh because you're following Tark. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just had as tough as a job as anybody. And it's it's I think it's long odds. I I really do. I feel that way, and I'm just hoping to see some growth, some stability. And um, you know, fingers are crossed. I'll be rooting for fingers him. are crossed. Man. I'll be rooting for him to hit a home run. Hey, you know, let's upset some people. Let's win the Mountain West. If that happens, are you going to put money on any of that? <laughs> no. I mean, I what are the odds I on you and I'll be winning? I've been asking you odds oh, all night. What are the odds God. on you and I'll be winning the Mountain West? A very mediocre league. Probably will finish ninth or tenth next year in I, conferences. I, I would say <clears throat> of the. How many teams we got? Eleven. Yeah. Or maybe twelve. I I say UNLV finishes ninth or tenth. I think they'll do a little bit better. I think they'll do about seventh. Wow. You think? Then, then we're doing all right. We finished sixth this past year. Seventh, I think. Oh, seventh. Did we avoid the playing game? <laughs> yes, we did. No, we didn't. We played Air Force. Oh yeah, you're right. So that was seven, probably. See, I've already tried. To yeah, do. I know. Act like this past year didn't happen. Yeah, the problem is the non-conference is going to be uglier. Yeah. Everything is going to be ugly, dude. Just trying to scratch out wins on a nightly basis is going to be ugly. I hope we're just dead wrong. I hope this is a read that is just way off. If we're we're dead wrong, I will be... Then we're very happy. Extremely happy. And so will UNLV Rebel fans. So, all right, we're we, gonna, we will be back probably next weekend, I'm assuming. Cause yeah, maybe the, next weekend we'll, we'll talk about the football game. Maybe, maybe we could do a Sunday following the football game podcast. Sounds like a good idea to me. And uh, Something along those lines. You guys have fun. We'll see you at the game. Later. We're sending you off with Jackson State Marching Band. <laughs>